0: welcome to another episode of acts of the blood god and independent rpg podcast i'm your host cat bailey joining me as always my lovely co-host nadia oxford
1: hello cat you you came back i didn't think you'd ever come back
0: the cat came back the very, the very next, day. next day the cat came back they exactly it gone. yep i came back i returned in one piece from amsterdam it's very cold there i but it's a beautiful country um, I know Amsterdam's not a country. I'm very scrambled and jet like Leave me alone. <laughs> also joining me is my equally lovely co-host Eric Van Allen.
2: I'm happy to hear you brought the one piece back from Amsterdam. You know they, they've had it for too long. Glad you brought the one piece back. The yeah, one
0: piece? What? What, what are you talking about? You Said
2: you came back with one piece from Amsterdam.
0: <laughs> I, I guess. You yeah. yeah, found her it was buried. Buried all under mm-hmm. one piece. At <laughs> last. Well, folks, it is the end of the year. And we got a bunch of end-of-the-year podcasts that are happening um, over the course of the next week, actually, though, we'll distribute them. Um, we'll, we'll kind of string them out over the remaining holiday period. We're going to start our end-of-the-year coverage right the heck now, starting with a mailbag uh, from all of y'all. We're going to be answering your questions about 2022, as well as looking ahead to 2023. We'll get to that in just a moment, be- but before we start... Uh, if you enjoy the show, thank you very much. Please leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. It brightens our day, helps the visibility of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford. Eric is at CMOOSI. S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where, per usual, we have a ton of unique content. For example, we just started The Winter of Wick, which we watch all of the John Wick movies leading up to John Wick 4. I didn't get to participate in the first episode. Eric, how did it go?
2: Uh, it went pretty well. We talked a lot about... I think John Wick 1 is really interesting because it, doesn't, it, it does not set the stage, but it feels very removed from where that movie series eventually goes with how deep into the world of assassination and stuff. And, and John yeah. Wick 1 really... I think my personal takeaway was it's a movie about grief it's a move about, a movie about grieving and like the process that john goes through throughout that film uh and it was really cool to kind of like view it in a microcosm especially after seeing so many sequels to it to remember like the thing that kick-started it and how different it was but different in a good way
0: oh my god <laughs>
1: That's watching the World Cup, everyone. So something will happen. I
0: thought Argentina was going to go ahead for sure. Oh, my God. Just pull the trigger, dude. Oh, he tried to, but the France guy, Nadia, cut all of this out. Why? It's fun. (laughs) But seriously, yes, I'm watching the World Cup final, which we'll tell you when uh, we're recording this. Also, we just had a Charlene dropouts go up. What did you talk about in that episode, Nadia?
1: Actually, that was Victor handling that one. Like, that's one of our extra episodes when he was kind of doing a deep dive into uh, a certain element of lore. Like, it's a very... What we're doing with the extra pod is kind of making it snappy and, like, involving more generalized stuff like lore so that there's not much in the way of spoilers. So definitely go back and check that out if you want, like, a really good deep dive into this aspect and uh, actually any aspect of lore. I will be with Victor in most of those episodes, but some of them he'll be doing on his own, so... Please look forward to them. They're really cool. He knows his
0: stuff. Indeed. Um, have we released the second one yet? I, I I'm very scrambled right now. I'm trying I'm to. I'm extremely scrambled, get to be honest up.
1: with you. Um, I we haven't released the second one yet. Uh, maybe that's next week or the week after. I don't know at this point. It's everything's messed up because our schedule, folks. Sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tried to kickstart a bunch of specials and stuff right at the end of the year because we're normal people who we're make very sane decisions about content.
0: We're very smart. <laughs> Speaking of sane decisions about content. We have a big marathon coming up this week, if you are in the stars of Destiny. Um, On Monday, we're doing a podcast doubleheader in which we recap the RPG end of the year, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific on Monday. And we will be joined by our pals, the whole Blood God fan will be here, Mike Williams and Victor Hunter. And then after that, at 8 p.m. Pacific, we are going to be doing the end of the year extravaganza with our old pal, Michael Hyam, and one other guest. I hope it's Red Valentine. I don't know if we've asked her yet, but
2: we Uh, We we have asked. We're just getting it locked in, but uh, fingers crossed on that front.
0: And then on Tuesday, we are going to be doing our 2023 preview. Um, If you are in the Stars of Destiny, you can also join us for that. And then the episodes will be going up on all the normal feeds um, over the course of the rest of the holidays. So... Go join us over there on Patreon. All right. It's time now to talk about what we've been playing, our sacrifices to the Blood God. And Eric, you've been playing the JRPG Darling that has appeared out of nowhere in December.
2: Yeah, yeah. I meant to play so many other things this last week, and I just kept going back to Chained Echoes because it has really become a comfort food JRPG for me in a way that I think... I I was talking with some folks about this the other day that, like, I think there are a lot of RPGs that try to capture nostalgia. You know, I mean, Octopath tries to do it. Um, it, Tokyo RPG Factory, very famously, like, is (laughs) an RPG factory trying to manufacture the nostalgia that existed uh, for those games. And uh, there are so many RPG maker games that are from people that, you know, are making their first project and want to recreate that feeling of playing Chrono Trigger and stuff like that. I don't think any of them have ever gotten as close to actually recreating the magic as Chained Echoes. And I will say like Chained Echoes has some nitpicks that I've found after about like, I'm maybe 25 to 28 hours in now Uh just got past the end of act one. And uh, there are definitely some weird things in terms of, I don't like how difficult to see some of the traversal stuff is and all that, but overall, I think it's a really good story. I think it's a really well-written story. I know that people have pointed out the localization and stuff. And for those of you who may not know what it is, cause I have seen some folks in, in discord not know what it is. Uh, Chained Echoes is very much like a love letter to 16-bit, 32-bit era JRPGs where it literally starts with them lampooning the uh chrono trigger opening you you like wake nice. up in your bed and yeah. your mom's like hey get out of bed and then all of a sudden your mom like slaps you and is like it's time to get up and you're like what and then she slaps you again and suddenly you're in the bay of this airship and you're part of a mercenary band that's on its way for like a uh suicide run to take out the enemy <laughs> base in the middle of this that's war actually it's actually kind of cool it's very yeah, it was funny, funny.
0: Wake up, Cat. Frodo.
1: You're on a suicide mission. <laughs> get up. He's, he's like, get your ass out of bed. And he's like, what?
2: <laughs> what? Cat, it's, it's amazing because there are so many points that aren't just like JRPG throwbacks, but like anime throwbacks. So I I am half convinced there are some Gundam bits in here that I'm just not immediately recognizing. Oh, yeah. But, like what? Um, Like there's just so one of the main things is a fantasy world. It is very. um swords and sorcery but then there's also sky armor which are just mechs they just have mechs in this fantasy world
0: why not and, yes, they do it in um, final fantasy <laughs> your your
2: main character is absolutely an amuro ray like i fell into the mech and turned out to be a really good pilot type of dude and uh you're like the, the ace pilot of this mercenary band and There's just a lot of times where I feel like there's like a vague reference to Gundam and also because there's very much more overtly a lot of Evangelion in this uh, game. There is a character that literally his his Sky Armor wields a Lance of Longinus. And I'm now at the point in the game where you have Sky Armor of your own and you can choose paint jobs. And some of them are labeled Adam 001, Adam 002, and Adam 00. And they are the like... Purple and green, red and orange, uh, white and blue of, of course, Shinji of course. Asuka Ray. Yeah.
0: Um
2: anyways, this is a turn-based battle RPG where uh, the cool thing it does is there are no levels. You don't have leveling whatsoever. What you do is you gain Grimoire shards, which are kind of your you use them to unlock new abilities on your ability board for each character. And then you have SP, which levels up your individual abilities so they can level up as you go, kind of tactics like uh, in that way. You also (laughs) you have while you're in these RPG battles an overdrive meter. So as you do attacks abilities, as you score goals at the World Cup and cause Cat to (laughs) lose your mind (laughs) in the middle of a podcast, (laughs) um, you build up uh energy over time and you can get up into this green area where if you're in in neutral in yellow you everything's normal it's a normal RPG battle but in green you take less damage and do more damage and all your abilities cost less mp but if you push that too far and it goes into the red into overdrive, now you take more damage. <laughs> so it's this really careful balancing act where you have to use abilities and and it will pop up like an icon that's like, hey, use a slash attack and we'll decrease your overdrive instead of bumping it up. And so you have to kind of like respond in kind and really just adjust your strategy constantly in a way that I think is really inventive and keeps every. Battle feeling very fresh as you as you go through them. Uh, and then it does the Final Fantasy X thing of it has boss fights that feel so bespoke, that feel so like crafted as an encounter. Uh, and I, I think a lot of games do struggle with boss fights. I think Chained Echoes, the boss fights, are some of the highlight of this game because they will come up with fascinating things that they do for individual boss fights. And they're like, okay, this one. Uh, he's, he's gonna like snap his fingers every so often and change location and then spawn additional enemies that you then have to take care of or deal with in certain ways. Like one of them is a bomb that will explode. And when it dies or when it uses an ability, it will do damage to everybody, but you're going to need to figure out when you want to pop that bomb because you're going to need to heal up and get ready. So that way you're ready when the boss acts, right? So you don't like blow the bomb and then have the boss strike you right after,
0: do you, um, do you remember that game by Z-Boyd Games? Um, it had the really cool anime aesthetic. It came out on the Nintendo Switch and PS4 and various other platforms. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, oh. I know this, exactly
0: the one. But the, I can't remember the name off the top of my head yeah. for some reason.
2: Not Cosmic Star, right? Cosmic, Cosmic Star? Star Heroine. Yeah, that's yeah. It,
0: yep. uh, Robert has been on the show a few times and actually has a new game that he released recently, which is basically magical Ooh, right. anime ga- girls, mm-hmm, but it's in a mm-hmm. Shakespearean context. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to get around to it because Robert's been like, hey, are you going to come on the show? Uh, Let me back on the show. But anyway, uh, (laughs) Cosmic Star Heroine. I like that game. But I think it's a great example of getting the Chrono Trigger approach wrong because Mm -hmm. um, it has all of these bespoke encounters, but they're all dialogue combos. So it gets really repetitive Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. fast. And I think it shows how special Chrono Trigger was in that the actual battles never got boring. Um, and it was so particular in the way that <laughs> it placed them and everything. And so it's really impressive to hear Chained, <laughs> that Chained Echoes got it right.
2: Yeah, it, it's honestly like I could talk for an entire podcast, which may may or may not happen at some point, about everything that I think Chained Echoes does right. Um, it, it, it's just a really impressive game that, again, it's a uh, mostly solo project from Matthias Linda. Uh, It's been years in the making. We've had a lot of games like this this year, um, Signalis and things like that, where it is clearly a passion project from a small team that really wanted to get this thing done and make this thing. And again, like Signalis, I think it is a very clear understanding of what made those games interesting. Because, I mean, you can see not just the influence of Chrono Trigger, but of Final Fantasy XII, of Chrono Cross, of Final Fantasy 10, of even tactics stuff and all that, you can see all the little ways in which someone's history is playing into the game that they've created. And even like, I, I think one drawback I would say is that a lot of the story beats feel a little familiar in that way. I will say there is it a is content a JRPG. warning. <laughs> yeah, I will say there is a content warning that was pointed out in our Discord um it's a strange moment there's nothing visual they just talk about an event that happens but if if you are um not wild about assault um you okay. want to be aware of that going in that there is a described one in there
0: yeah it's really special when i uh that's fair uh but it's also really special when a uh just say a game that is sort of a tribute yes uh, yeah. to a classic game um drops but ends up having a very it's more than just nostalgia filter it has a clear understanding of what worked about that game Mm -hmm. somebody mentioned Mm -hmm. stardew valley vibes with the aesthetic yes i would go as far as to say stardew valley the reason we talk about stardew valley like games instead of harvest moon like games is because stardew valley exit understood exactly what made harvest moon work and then just did it a hundred times better
2: yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah this feels like for all the times that other games have tried to replicate the feeling of playing one of those RPGs, this one really got the heart of what was at the center of it. And even I, I say, this as somebody that likes Octopath. I think Octopath sometimes is a game that, gets too lost in the minutia of what it means to be that sort of throwback RPG. And Chained Echoes does not ever feel bound by that. It feels like it is using that as just a way to kind of inform how it can do more interesting things and create more interesting ideas. Um, It is really just a thing that I've been loving going back to. Runs great on Steam Deck. Shout outs to that.
0: (laughs) I think I'm going to play it on Switch. every time I get a game... I, I don't want to get indies on Steam Deck anymore because every time I do that, I'm like, uh, I wish I were playing this on Switch right now. But mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Uh, I do like to play games like Persona 5 Royal on Steam Deck. So it's a balancing act. I also left, I, I ended up leaving my Steam Deck home uh, when I went to Holland and that ended up being the the right choice, I think. But it's, uh, I've it's, had, it's
2: hard to travel
0: with. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It's huge. Um, I... I've had my eye on uh, Chained Echoes ever since it was released and started getting some hype. I've got a bunch of games on my backlog that I would like to try, but this is definitely one that I'm going to install uh, Mm -hmm, over the holidays, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes. Um, In the meantime, um, I finished a game while I was on this when I was on this holiday. I I knocked out Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah, Uh, it's a great, excellent game. game. Beautiful, great ending. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of really fun boss fights. Uh had a blast with it ultimately. Great soundtrack like, too. Like it's a definition of a uh, it's a definition of a headphones game like this. It really is
1: mm-hmm.
0: rumbling reverb. And so um I was getting a little stressed out because I was having <laughs> trouble finding the the final piece or whatever to get into the final dungeon area, but mm. finally I was able to find it and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that I um Ended up getting around to playing this one. Uh, shout out to DJ Bagel for uh, introducing me to Hyperlight Drifter. Also, oh, awesome. I'm back into Pokemon Go. Yes, I enough. saw
1: I saw your message and I was like, Oh my god, Cat sent me a gift. Cat's back. Tell, <laughs> talk about like timing because I had just gotten a Sneaky D's Pokestop from uh, I was in the area and oh. I gave it to someone because I was like, Oh, I want to give this to Cat, but she doesn't play anymore, so I gave it to someone else.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll
1: give you one next time.
0: Yeah, I got into it because of uh, my partner's coworker, worker uh, Lauren, who is still big into Pokemon Go. She's like, you're going to play Pokemon Go. Like, she put her, her phone in front of me and was like, so, what's your friend's uh, code? I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. are we doing this? Okay. So, I reinstalled. I got a lot of Amsterdam areas. I happen to have a community day. There's a lot of new Pokemon. Gen 5 and Gen 6 are out now, so... some gen sevens as well so i've been catching a lot of pokemon having a good time sending gifts uh kind of exploring some of the new stuff i love the stickers that's fun um and then i ended up uh playing some pokemon scarlet or sorry some pokemon violet on the flight home and i was vibing with it a bit more probably because it's not hard for a game to look better than pokemon go pokemon violet looks better than pokemon go so
1: does it you would say that
0: yeah, I would definitely say that. Oh, okay. Certainly, the Pokemon are detailed. I World guess World's right. a bit more detailed, uh, that kind of thing. Um, also, France just leveled the score. Wow, <laughs> this is this game is just completely wild. I can't believe it. But I, I'm really doing my best to give Pokemon a fair shake. I wanted it... To, I, don't want it to be good necessarily, but I do want to be like, okay, I'm going to play through this game. I'm going to do the thing. A couple of extra games on my backlog right now, including uh, Warhammer 40k Demon Hunters, which I installed mm, mm-hmm. um, and was like, wow, this is fantastic. It's just Warhammer 40k plus XCOM. I'm in, let's go. Um, It's not as good on the Steam Deck as I had kind of hoped because it's very kind of blurs together a lot, but I was into it. And also I got the uh, Witcher 3, remaster and i'm all set to go with that one and definitely being in amsterdam left me with big like a big desire to play witcher 3 again because you it would mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of those castles more gothic elements that kind of thing that was making me go like yeah i definitely want to play some uh some witcher 3 now so that will probably be my holiday game is finally beating blood and wine lots of lots of games on my plate uh, before I pass on to Nadia, I just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, my partner's co-worker, Ben, who is a big Axe the Blood God fan. Um, Yay! We ended, up, yeah. <laughs> we ended up meeting and having a good and cool conversation about RPGs. Uh, so thanks so much for your uh, support, Ben. Yes, thank you. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, Nadia, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been
1: kind of waffling back and forth. I'm trying to finish Harvestella. I really want to finish it. I found out recently that you can romance all the characters, or I mean, one of the characters we can romance them all. But so I decided, you know what? I kind of like that goth doctor chick. I also mm, kind of like mm-hmm, the uh, mm-hmm. area, the main character, I uh, the the main chick who you follow. She's really cool. So. I don't know. It's such a... I know it's not the greatest in terms of, like, farming and gameplay, and like what Reb said about the economy not adding up was hilarious because she's absolutely right. <laughs> but it's just such a unique world, such a unique idea. I really... I do want to see it succeed. Um, I really wish that they weren't charging full price for it. But yeah. The Square side, Enix I mean, it's, the Square
0: Enix. It's...
1: I mean, no shade to the developers. They absolutely did a, the best they could, but you could tell it's a budget game. And... Yeah it just looks like one it kind of runs like one and that's not a bad thing but it's not priced budget so uh they're going to have a hard time with that one and i really i really hope that everything succeeds with their with that uh, game but uh otherwise yeah i'm playing Dragon Quest Treasures which is a lot of fun kind of what scattered. is it it doesn't really know what
0: it is that's kind of the only big I problem i, I have really with it i don't really understand it like I have a better appreciation for it because I played Dragon Quest Eleven and I did that side quest and everything. All right, I wouldn't call it a side quest, but you get what I'm saying. With
1: Eric and, and me. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I understand the the background to it, but what's the actual game?
1: Well, it's collecting treasure and that's what kind of baffles me because it seems so aimless in terms of a main uh, story beyond restore like this railway to these like abandoned land, which is kind of cool. I like doing that kind of thing, but uh, otherwise, you're going around with your monster friends, and they can track down treasure, and you dig up the treasure, and you collect the treasure, and you take it back to your little treasure base, and uh, you just make the numbers go up, and there is a plot, but it's there's so many side quests that everything kind of gets lost, and it's very much kind of a big, weird, like, toddler painting of a game, you know what I mean? It's all colorful and fun, and... Maybe not a lot of substance. It's certainly no Dragon Quest Builders 2, but it's still a pretty good time. I'm enjoying it. It's very cute. And it does chug a bit on the Switch, but by God, it looks better than Pokemon, which is kind of sad. But, but
0: Pokemon but catching strays over here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't want to be like that towards Pokemon. I am waiting for an update that makes it at least a little more uh, runnable, I suppose is the word I could use. But in the meantime, I got plenty of things to play.
0: At this point, I'm just kind of shrugging uh, at all of the weird... I'm (laughs) almost at
1: that point, because I want to get the story and all that done, and I'm I'm a single-player Pokemon person, and I know this is a very good single-player Pokemon game, apparently.
0: I was venting a bit to my new pal, Ben, about uh, Pokemon Violet and the general direction of Pokemon, and how I just don't like the raids. And uh, they were kind of boring in Pokemon Sword and Shield, and they're just as boring here, for the most part. I don't really like the Tarassula's more drasticalizing. I wish they had more solo content. There's just a. It's it's just not the direction that I would necessarily want the the game to go per se. Um, and it goes all the way back to uh singles versus doubles. You know, I prefer single battles versus double battles. Um, and it I you can hear me vent a lot about this in a the Pokemon Black and White Pantheon podcast, but Scarlet and Violet just kind of highlights. It's like okay. The world, open world stuff is fine. I don't like the end game stuff anymore. I wish that there were more cool solo content. I wish it had more ways to make the Pokemon and my character feel like my own. And it's kind of done that and fits and starts. But uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, uh, it's less that I hope that there's an update that I hope that makes the game run better, and more that I hope the an expansion. Uh, does a lot like Sword and Shield did.
2: I, I think you need to see the ending of this game because I think regardless of everything else in Scarlet Violet, I think the ending of Scarlet and Violet is one of the biggest swings I've seen this team take in a long time, and it just goes for it in a way that I, I really do wish the rest of the game had been like that because then I think we'd be talking about this as like a game of the year contender. But uh, is it, it is, that
0: good? The Pokemon it's, it's story has else. never been that good. It's not even just
2: it's not even just story. It is. I, I'm trying like not to give the whole bag away, but like it is what they do with the concept it it is the moment where
0: is this like a full metal alchemist situation where they're suddenly in the real world
2: no no oh god no don't talk about that if we do fall (laughs) of full metal we're watching full metal alchemist brotherhood the good full metal alchemist all right hey i Um, like
0: full metal alchemist the original when it was airing back in like 2006 or whatever that's because
2: you've been you've been eating the bad one for a long time (laughs) it's okay there's a good one out there we're gonna bring you over yeah what if it it was really good and then just stayed good
0: (laughs) fair fair i mean there's Um, a lot of nightmare fuel in uh the original fma so
2: it's i but scarlet violet like the ending they they pull something off that i think i'd been waiting the entire game for them to do and it makes me hopeful that maybe this is something they're thinking about doing for the future but it's I won't say more than that, but it is worth seeing the end of this game just to get a like glimpse of where Pokemon could go with an expansion or with the future.
0: Drew says, and Japan's awkward interest in World War II Germany continues to this day. I would yeah. say it's more I'd say it's more World War One Germany, but splitting hairs here. All right. That's it for what we've been playing, and now it's time for a series of random encounters. Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters are finally coming to Switch and PS4 in Spring 2023. RPG site says that they are, in fact, going to fix those fonts, thank God. But I'm less concerned about the fonts and more concerned about the stuttering, which is very noticeable and very distracting. So I, I, I would care more about them fixing that than uh, the actual fonts, if I'm being totally honest. Not Hollow wants to know if we're going to order that massive box set and No. I hear it's already sold out. By the time I knew about it, it
1: was like long sold out. And I was up at like ass o'clock and it just went live and it was gone.
0: The font is the, font. sorry, the cover art is boring. It's like, I could do that art. I was like, oh, good job. You put a bunch of, you photoshopped a bunch of pixel art characters onto this thing in a big radial circle. Good job, you. You, you did it. <laughs> some logos. <laughs> you mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. That's some graphic design. <laughs> we <We've laughs> have it all. <laughs> graphic design is Square Enix's passion. Um, <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3 is getting patch nine, adding paladins and some sister u- system updates. Sister updates. Your white might be its last big update before the launch. I'm looking forward to Baldur's Gate 3. Next mm-hmm. year is going to be lit in terms of RPG releases. Chris Metzen is returning to Warcraft as a creative advisor. Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection has gotten a April 14 launch date. Falcom announced a switch port for Ease Oath and Falgana with improved graphics, fully voiced events, three soundtracks including yeah, one from the PC, crazy. 8801, a speed mode and a beginner mode. That's the best uh it's the best ease in my opinion It is honest for opinion. sure one of the best
1: ones uh Definitely good to start with. It's bef- I think it was the last game before everything went 3D or maybe that was seven, but uh, definitely the best of the kind of top down 2D ones.
2: They also announced the new Ease game and you can steer a boat in it, which is very funny if you know anything about these yeah. games. It's so. going to
1: immediately crash. <laughs> well, if you look at the artwork for Ys, uh 10, uh, it's basically the boat and a big ass whale about to just kind of looks like it's about to crash on the boat. So, Yeah, yeah. for you.
2: I really want them to, like, introduce all the systems and tutorialize it and everything, and then just immediately destroy your boat.
0: Turn the wheel right.
2: It's funnier than anything that has happened in High on Life.
0: And finally, uh, apparently there are getting watermarks in Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII yes. Reunion. which uh, <laughs> That's not funny as hell. That game came out, I think, while I was in Amsterdam, and it I would say that the reaction has been mixed uh, for the most part, people don't seem too high on the uh, the actual cutscenes and that kind of thing. And the the Getty watermarks suggest that, I don't know, this seems a little, shall we say sloppy on square enix's part
2: i think a lot of people who originally championed this game were like finally with the seven remake everyone will come back and recognize that the zach fair game is great and then the same thing happened that happened when the original game came out as everyone's kind of like oh that's okay it's out that's nice um wins remake part two again uh i just i don't know that there's a lot of interest in this game especially if they did not like the graphic stuff that I've seen is really impressive, but nothing has changed about the gameplay. And I was hearing that a lot of the stuff from the PSP, even like the small, weird, like ways you would encounter battles and stuff like that are exactly the same. And it's, that doesn't, you know, it's not a remake. And no, no, it's definitely not a remake. It's a revamp. It might be, yeah, it might be Square setting like too high a of a remake. standard for things they've done in the past, and then like having other things not quite get up to that. So
1: still worth a play, though. Crisis Core is a good light game. It's yeah. a great story, great cutscenes.
0: I never finished Crisis Core, so I've always been meaning to get back to it. But per usual, I have a giant backlog, so I have to be choosy about what I actually get around to playing. All right, it's time now for the end of the year mailbag, in which we talk about the games that came out in 2022 and also the games in 2023. We read your questions. And the first one is from Clue, K-L-O-U. It seems to be normal nowadays for a game to be universally praised or criticized upon release. And then months or years later, the general opinion of the game has flipped. My question for the crew is, which games really stick out in your mind that you loved initially and were not so hot on later? And uh, vice versa. Um, I'll start with mine um metroid samus returns the metroid 2 remake i uh i gave that a perfect score i remember that when gamer. i reviewed it yeah i really loved it uh in in hindsight uh maybe not so much the bloat is real in that game uh mm-hmm. i still think it's better than some people give it credit for but i yeah i, I don't know about final that
1: digger boss score. i wanted to kill myself just mm-hmm. trying to finish mm-hmm. that thing Uh it was terrible, but I did like the game, but I was surprised with the five out of five.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I was just really high on having a Metroid game back. I don't blame like, you. Hell yeah, Metroid. Let's go. <laughs> but uh Dread, like really improved over it a lot. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In hindsight, also, I reviewed Final Fantasy 16 and I would give it a much lower score than I ultimately did. I gave it like a eight out of 10, I think. Um, And... I think that I would... 4 out of Wait, 5. Final, I think I gave it a 4 Fantasy? out of 5.
2: Final Fantasy 16? 15.
0: 15. 15. Oh, 15. 15 okay. okay, that makes more sense. Like, I'm just looking ahead, ahead to the, the future. Here. <laughs> looking ahead <laughs> to the future. No, in hindsight, I would give Final Fantasy 15 a much lower score than I ultimately mm. did. Maybe, maybe a 3 or even a 2.
2: Damn, uh, oh. Because
0: that game is a freaking mess. It just no, I, is. I,
2: I gave it an 8 and I'd stand by that I'd eight. stand I, by an 8.
0: Yeah, I, Really? I, I, I do would.
2: like that game. I think it's one that I do...
0: I like uh, the boys, but the ending is totally unearned. The um, final dungeon is mm. horrible to the point that they had to completely revamp it.
2: They did. They did. The that's that's it's true. It's one of true. the
0: worst yeah. final dungeons I've ever played through. It's gross. The cool world makes no dang though. sense. The battle system is not good. Battle it's bad, fine. actually. Battle There's fine. a lot of half realized ideas like Titan. Uh, like the Titan fight is really cool, and the Leviathan fight is really cool. Leviathan's awesome. Like you can see that they wanted to do something with the like the behemoth side side quest and that kind of thing, but yeah, a lot of half realized ideas. The game completely falls off once you uh, get away from the actual open world. Yeah, so f- when I look back on hindsight, Final Fantasy XV is just a mess. It's just a huge oh, it's mess. a mess. But it was
1: like just such a unique mess to me. Like I yeah. loved just I was in the car listening to Genova's theme, and then it's like you stop at what looks like for all the world like any roadside ditch. On the mm-hmm. interstate, and you're like, "Oh shit! There's a big Midgar stormer uh, snake there. I want to kill that." So you stop. You you go down to this creek and you kill the big ass snake. It looks exactly like the interstate, but there's freaking huge ass snakes everywhere. I love that stuff.
2: I I think it is like Final Fantasy has struggled at times. I think to in the 3D era capture that feeling of a questing party, you know, running around the overworld we've talked about this before that as as rpgs transferred into the 3d era like i love final fantasy 10 and final fantasy 10 is a game that uses set dressing to make it feel like a larger journey than it really is it feels almost more like stage play-ish in that way where you are running through a hallway for the most part it is a one-way trip and is that one might argue part of the theme and part of the idea yes but they also like kind of intimate Grandeur when there is not as much to explore there. And I think 15 was their attempt to try and create that questing party. And I think in that way, it is really, really cool. And there's some stuff it does in the end that I absolutely love. I think the whole segment where you are basically playing a survival horror game is kind of wild. And I love it when games take swings like that. Uh, I think some of the story material they get into at the end is really incredible stuff with um, Prompto is really, really interesting and got better with the, the DLC, DLC is
0: the DLC is all right. The, the, the Prompto DLC, when it became Metal Gear Solid for some yeah. reason, this game <laughs> is like emblematic of Final Fantasy where it has no clear unifying vision at all. And they're just like, let's just do this. Let's just do that. And yeah, you could call it calling taking a big swing. But I just call it being really, really messy, <laughs> right? That's I just fair. Call That's it, fair just trying a lot of random things and seeing what sticks. And uh, and the the project itself was a mess from the start. I, I think Final Fantasy XV is everything that's wrong with Final Fantasy. And you can like clip me out, put me on like <laughs> TikTok or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> with like text floating over me while I'm like going, Final Fantasy XV is what's wrong with Final Fantasy. And like XVI is coming out and I'm nominally excited about it, but it doesn't look like Final Fantasy at all to me. Stop trying to be God mm-hmm. of War slash Witcher, dudes. Make a mm-hmm. freaking Final Fantasy game. You know why Final Fantasy 14 is so loved and so. It's because it's Final Fantasy is all heck. Mm-hmm. It leans into the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. Lean into the Final Fantasy, guys. Mm-hmm. 16 all does right. have Moogles, though. I saw them. Cat's,
2: Cat's right. Should. Cat should play Final Fantasy 14. That would really be the bomb. I agree. That would be the panacea for everything. I agree. Yeah. We can yeah.
1: Clip that out and put it on TikTok. Uh
2: huh. Oh. Uh huh. We just talked cat into playing fourteen. I I have an answer for this. Uh, Let me take you back to my uh, college dorm room, circa twenty twelve, and young young Eric is sitting there playing a game on his little. I had had, like the worst monitor. It was like an eighteen inch monitor, and my Xbox three hundred and sixty right next to it. I'm sitting there and I'm playing, and I sit back and I've put down the controller and I'm just sitting there thinking and I'm going, Eric, I don't know. I'm young. I potentially have a full life ahead of me. I don't know if I'll ever play a game as good as Bioshock Infinite was. No.
1: (laughs) At least say Bioshock. At least say the first one.
0: Yeah. uh,
2: Yeah. I really liked that game when it came out.
0: I did a mock review for Bioshock Infinite. Oh, did you? Oh. I did. And when they asked what my opinion was, I said, I think it's going to be regarded as a modern sci-fi classic.
2: (laughs) You you weren't wrong. Everyone was real hot on that game. <laughs> and see, the thing is, I look. I acknowledge that I've grown as a critic in the years since, and maybe have started to uh, been able to acknowledge the the oversights that I made while playing that game in favor of. Oh, there's always there's always a girl. There's always a lighthouse. They play. Uh, God only knows, but it's a barbershop quartet. And it's in the
1: universe. Isn't that I cool? Loved and loved I, I, that music actually.
0: I mean, I think the there production a lot of and there. yeah. there's a lot of cool things about that game in terms of the art. But God, you can feel so many of the decisions where they were like, yeah, we had a lot of cool ideas. And then Ken Levine decided to scrap everything and do it all over Good again. Ken right? Levine.
1: Didn't yeah. they have like a yeah. barbershop crotet version of everybody wants to rule the world? Like, everybody wants to rule the world. And it was like, I was just
0: blown that away sounds how great right. that was. That I, I will sounds say, right. yeah. in, in, in fairness to past Cat, um, I was like, I think the ending, I think the second half of this game is really weak. It's obvious that they ran out of time. That final, that final battle really stunk, and it, and, oh God, and I stand by that. It did, and also, uh, everything it does with the story is pretty bad as well. But yeah, um. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: there. That was the era of Eric liking bad video games because that was also when I was really into Grand Theft Auto Five um which is a cool systems game but the story of that game is do you just mean
0: terrible. semi-finalist um, for best game of all time according to the ign readers gta 5 oh
2: well there's no accounting for taste but
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 it's like it, systems wise gta 5 is an incredible game uh but yes i, I agree i hate I the
0: characters I so much hate yeah the characters oh exactly I,
2: I really do i don't think like I wish they would go back to GTA four and learn some lessons from GTA four when it comes to character writing. But um, that was also when I was into Skyrim. Uh, Look, Eric just had to get, all this out of his system all right and then eric had to go play some indie rpgs and discover where the good shit was that eric had to play the beginner's guide and undertale and near on that's not an indie rpg i know but that those are all games that did i can mark as like fundamental shifts in how i viewed stuff and and i it's weird to look back on and be like oh yeah i thought that stuff was primo it's like this dude being like my favorite movie is the prestige by christopher nolan <laughs> and you're like oh you need to watch more movies
0: <laughs> well, the prestige was good though it's a good movie is there movie. something wrong with the I'm prestige just, the,
2: no i Why just are you
0: hating the prestige
2: the prestige is, is one i've talked with people about this it's it's one that like when someone says it, it's like you can tell they probably watched it in college, and we're like, "That's a really good movie," but they haven't watched a lot of other movies since, and that is just, Okay. is just—I don't think it's a bad movie. What
0: counts as a best movie? I mean,
2: no, no, I'm just saying for some reason it's always it's the prestige, really well done. specifically it's arguably the Christopher prestige.
0: Nolan's best movie. I it, haven't it, seen it.
2: It is. I would actually say it's, it's probably excellent. Christopher Nolan's best movie. But yeah. I'm just. I'm just saying it is one that every time someone's like, "Oh, I don't like watching old movies," they're then like, "My favorite movie is The Prestige," and I'm like, "Yeah, that, that lines up." <laughs> it just always Jeez. happens, Eric. Like I, just I'm being sorry. so judgy. It's the best saying movie of all movie? time, Eric? Oh, I know. Um, Put it, everyone, lay it all on the line right here. Big, if you're going to be so such fan. a hater, I'm a big fan of noir stuff. So I would probably go with a Hitchcock. Um I like Vertigo Super a lot.
0: Dunkirk um, is Nolan's best movie. I totally agree. That movie was incredible. Okay. Oh, on.
2: Brick is really good. Brick is very good. Should I've been wanting to rewatch Brick at some point. Me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know what Brick, is. I Brick is.
2: Brick is an early um oh baby face from 50 Days of Summer uh 500 Days of Summer. Um but it's it's basically like a modern noir film uh where it's like set in kind of 90s era but it takes place in a high school and it's it's almost like riverdale if riverdale tried to do noir and wasn't like also about ghouls and goblins and drugs and stuff riverdale
0: did do noir
2: they they do it in like a campy way this is like trying to make a modern noir movie set in a like 90s high school uh and it works really really well it's a very very good movie
0: Sarden says, Memento and Inception are so much better than The Prestige. I can say yes to Memento. Actually, Memento is probably his best one. I
2: do like Memento. It was a
0: very well-crafted movie. Uh, Inception, I will go with the Rick and Morty quote. It's Like, oh, it's a, it's a bad movie. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I, uh, Inception is one of those ones where it's like the production was really incredible. But yes. the actual story
1: part. I got mad at, I got part, mad yeah. at Inception. I was just This is so dumb.
0: Dunkirk was such such an accomplishment because I felt like I was there in the middle of like a battlefield that was happening on three different fronts and the way that they shot the, the water scenes, uh, the air scenes, um, the ways that it came all together. I, it's probably the best world war II movie I've ever watched. Uh, And you can, you you can be like, Hey cat, there's a little movie called saving private Ryan. And I acknowledge that that was also an incredible movie, but wow. Don't, her kid different i was uh it didn't feel like a movie
2: Mm -hmm. you know what blade runner i think blade runner might actually be my favorite movie
0: really blade
2: runner i love blade runner
1: i didn't like it very much i watched it once i was like okay that's a basic opinion
2: (laughs) i know i know it is that is that is a very basic thing of me but i i really like blade runner and i've i've liked it more each time i've watched it
1: have you seen the original super Mario brothers movie
2: no. Because yes. that is a
1: Blade that is a Blade Runner tribute. You got to see it. That's the Blade Runner of video game movie. It There's is
2: though. Yes. No Nadia, you can't take me down this path. <laughs> yes I
0: can and I will. I mean it was it designed, designed this by this the Blade Runner set designer. <laughs>
1: it is. It's incredible. Like it's just, it, it totally makes no was. sense whatsoever. Nothing, but the sets are incredible.
0: Nadia, what what game were you really high on or really low on that you ultimately decided that you liked?
1: Uh, I'll go the opposite way. I'll say that actually I did not think much of Earthbound when I first played it. And that was a two-part problem. Number one, I was just like, wow, this is kind of a primitive looking slash primitive playing game to play after Chrono Trigger. Like you still have the um, just, just the one-on-one battles, the slower pacing. Uh, the game is very slow to start when you just are nests and you are kind of fighting against everything by yourself it is hard until you get to um i think it's happy happy valley and that's when i realized number one you pick up paula who's so you have another party member and that means actually your inventory is expanded too because they limit your inventory until then and just the things got easier and the story got weirder and weirder and i'm like wow i'm i'm part of this cult now or i'm i'm infiltrating this cult where they're going to sacrifice a little girl like it's just and then you, from there you go to threed which is like a zombie infested town which is even creepier and i was like yeah i actually really like where this game is going now that it's actually fun to play i can i can deal with this i think i really had my turning point when um you get jeff and you go to like his side quest over in winters like and of course the soundtrack i was just like wow the soundtrack is incredible and thank god you have different battle themes nobody does that it drives me crazy. Earthbound does it really, really well. Um, also, though, what changed my mind is that the first time I tried to play, I uh, was playing the uh, cursed ROMs that—oh no, ROMs like that were had piracy protection by upping the enemy encounter rate by like tenfold or something ridiculous. So I'm like, why is this game so hard to play? Why is there so many encounters? This is stupid. So I put it down. I learned at some point, okay, I was playing one of the cursed ROMs. I got a clean ROM. Uh, Again, this is when Earthbound was like $1,000 on eBay. You weren't getting it. And once I played it the way it was supposed to be played, I was like, this is still kind of hard. But once you get past that hump, it is honestly like just one of the best RPGs thematically that you could possibly play. And you appreciate the graphics for what they are, not like, oh, what is this Crayola crap? You're like, okay, this is a decision they made. And of course later on you find out, okay, mother looked very much the same, just with an NES palette. So yeah, Earthbound was slow to grow on me, but when it did, it, it really did.
0: I didn't like Metal Gear Solid when I first played it.
1: I never liked it, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really? Tried. I just didn't like it. I tried over and over again. And I was wow. just like, uh eh, not my thing. Wow. I'm not a I, I person. I'm
0: learning things about Nadia here. No, I um I, I played when I, I got to the first area when I originally played in the PlayStation. I'm like, I don't get this game. And I turned it off and walked away and then people are like no it's so good so i came back got to the elevator this time and when i went into the actual area with the hindee and pineapples um i uh i was like okay i'm in on this game this game is incredible and subsequently i think it's the best metal gear game go check out our metal gear solid retronauts episode that was a lot of fun the Hoot Nanny, which a lot of uh, a lot of takes are dropped all right speaking of takes uh vo the raven asked simple question what were your some of your favorite Acts of the Blood God pods to make in 2022? Um, a lot of specials. Um, mm, I really mm-hmm, enjoyed mm-hmm. doing the Pantheon of the Blood God for Bloodborne. <clears throat> that was Because I've said, that game club was one of the most special gaming moments I've ever had in my life. Aww, it was that's nice. like bonding with the community, all working together to get to the end was so amazing. And then I was just like on cloud nine when I made that when I made that podcast, just talking about all the ways that Bloodborne really hit. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely never going to definitely never going to forget that it was it was something else.
2: Yeah, I uh, I think for me, the the autumn of the Avatar was probably some of my favorite stuff to put together. I thought it was really fun doing the regular updates every week. Um Charting our journey like that was really cool. um You know, it was something you got new to hear we, me make.
0: You got to hear me make decisions or like make predictions that turned out yeah. to be true because I'm so smart. Like,
2: what if Airbenders bent lightning? And I'm sitting there like, oh, <laughs> uh,
0: wrong bender.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a cool thing that I think doing it that way, and you know ripping myself off by stealing a norm dfm idea <laughs> <laughs> and turning it into a blood god idea it was, great, yourself. Um, it was
0: really well done though it, like i, I think like, it okay. was
2: okay it was cool <clears throat> to do it
0: that way yeah Because, like in hindsight i wish that summer of gundam had been a lot more organized I yes think. Mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah we did learn um, some lessons so we learned a lot of lessons i think from summer of gundam and turned it into i think uh something that we can do somewhat regularly and mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah i we're going to be doing a Blood God census real soon. And one of the things I'm really curious to know about is like how much people really enjoy the, shall we say, the the, the television and movie specials. Mm-hmm. Do you want us to talk about this stuff or would you rather us stick to games? I w- I'm probably guessing the former, but.
2: Yeah, it's it, it's cool. And I think it's it's also nice for us because as much as we like talking about RPGs. You know, we we do kind of try to cover a broad thing, but one of the things I really liked about the autumn of the Avatar was how it felt like it was constantly linking back to RPGs anyways, and and just kind of viewing things through an RPG lens and. That that absolutely made it one of my favorite things. I also love the D D podcast. I thought the D D podcast fun. was a blast. That that hill that almost killed the entire party.
1: Did <laughs> <laughs> I fall down the stairs or something ridiculous? Yeah, like it was, yeah. It and then was we tried to fun. go down
2: the rope, and all of us almost died. Badger
1: like, Orlando.
2: It was actively hilarious how much like like combat barely happened in that episode but that one hill and that one chimney took us
0: like <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes to get down and almost killed us all the great tragedy is that the actual video version never yeah, survived yeah, that's yeah. too bad uh, that was a bummer uh because yeah. it, it was so fun to i think it was even more fun to Watch us react in real time while stuff was happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abby asks, is the DD special lost in time? No, the audio is up. Um, the, the audio, audio is there. up there. You can find um, it. It's just the video. Uh, turns out there's a setting in Twitch that you have to tick. And if you're somebody who hasn't made a Twitch channel in over a decade, you might forget to tick that setting. And
0: Twitch makes <laughs> it harder than ever to actually be able to, uh, shall we say, uh, archive things mm-hmm, at this point mm-hmm. it's actually pretty annoying it's almost like they don't want you to archive the videos
2: i will say that i do have an archive of the entire uh charity stream that we did and that will be going up over the holidays that is one of my holiday tasks that i'm doing uh and we do plan on doing some more video work at some point whatever that ends up looking like uh that'll probably be part of our senses but
0: we would love to be able to move over to youtube or be mm-hmm. able to start posting yeah. episodes on YouTube. As it is, uh, we currently record on the Discord, but I have some thoughts about how we mm-hmm. can uh, do this. Um, I've just been real busy, so it's been a lot of catch up and everything. But yeah, it's been a it's been a fun year. I think uh, a lot of cool new ideas. But I, I think the champ might be when we did the top twenty five remake. Um, mm. Yeah, in hindsight, maybe maybe a hoot nanny would have been like the better. The better call uh, in terms of building our top twenty-five list, but end up being a fun negotiation regardless.
1: We uh, had a great time at PAX. Like, uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was actually stunned how many people came to our our panel. Like, I saw people lined up outside the door. I'm like, these mm-hmm. are all here for mm-hmm. us.
0: That's uh that's kind of cool. So turns out that you, was you're pretty popular, Nadia. They were all there for you. Everyone mm-hmm. knew who the mm-hmm. hell mm-hmm. it was, but it was <laughs> it was great. They know who, who the hell you are.
1: They saw the topic and they wanted to see the topics, but yeah, I did see people like people ah, would come and say hi ah,
0: to me, which is very like nice. so the Blood God, wow! I can see the independent RPG podcast in person. This is incredible, and you can do it I, next I, year, I too.
2: I think we can at this point say that we are planning on going to PAX East 2023 and and doing a panel there. So that hasn't been the second part hasn't been approved yet. But I know I'm fully locked in for PAX East, so
1: I'll be
0: going too. Um, I there there are stuff. plans in the I works for that. I too will be going to PAX East this year. Who's to so, say if
2: a panel may occur or
0: not? <laughs> it's up
2: to you, Reed Pop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've got to pitch it. I don't know why they would say no, but uh, you owe us. <laughs> yeah. I just hope they do it on Saturdays because yeah, that would end up- Sunday panels oh, are the yeah, worst. Yeah. I had Sunday a Sunday panel when, would be pretty rough. When well, I, was I was at, at a a Midwest Gaming
1: Classic, uh, I had a Sunday evening panel. It was like. It was chill. Oof. It was cool, but there were not a lot of people there. Blood
2: but it was God fun nonetheless. Happy says Blood God needs to come down to Texas. Look, I can try and talk him down, but there's no events down here anymore now that Reed Pop finally killed off PAX South. So uh we're just gonna have to make our own packs. We'll South. have to
0: make our own packs. Packs exactly. Blood God. Make it PAX
1: North. We'll have it in my apartment.
2: It, it has to be it has to be at San Antonio, though, because I had a ritual every year of PAX South of going to the Margaritaville that was there. And that has to still be a part of this I don't going to PAX, Margaritaville put it in an
0: Austin. Put it in a city people actually want to go to.
2: I want to go to Margaritaville.
0: <laughs> I think the death knell of PAX South was that it was oh, in San Antonio. Sorry, Houston, San Antonio people.
2: Houston would be a good one. Houston would That's be like good. It's like
0: putting PAX North in Minneapolis. Like, I love, I'm happy to talk uh, crap about my favorite hometown, but come on, (laughs) Pax North should be in like Chicago or something. Pick a town, pick a town that people want to go to. People didn't want to go to San Antonio. That's why Pax South was forever small. It was Mm -hmm. also an awkward fit for the the events calendar. Is San Antonio where the Alamo is?
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. I want to yeah. see The Alamo.
2: I can't believe you forgot The Alamo, Nadia. I forget it was the, the one thing. <laughs>
1: Do you remember anything? I remember The Alamo. Yeehaw. That's such a great <laughs> movie. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Such a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a the perfect movie. That's the best movie of all time.
2: Who Framed Roger Rabbit is an underrated movie if we want to talk about oh, underrated was films. I that is that an one. excellent movie.
0: I rewatched that one, I think, this year really good it still like, looks it's great like, fantastic uh, film so many you can tell how good much like chrono trigger and you're gonna love this comparison much like chrono trigger you can tell how good <laughs> who framed roger rabbit is by the number of imi- p- games that have tried to imitate it and failed or should i say movies who a lot of movies roger like rabbit? space jam and whatnot <laughs> cool world that have tried oral. to do the animation plus people <laughs> yes. but are not willing to do the amount of work that it requires and Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is just a its a masterpiece in, in those terms. It's, it's an absolute animation masterpiece. Much like Chrono Trigger, it's an absolute RPG masterpiece. And meanwhile, you have these games like, uh, <clears throat> what was the Tokyo RPG Factory games?
2: Oh, like <laughs> I Am Setsuna yeah, and stuff yeah. like that.
0: That are like, we're trying to do Chrono Trigger on a budget. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I'm not watching Space Jam movies for my next movie, I hate Space Jam so much space I, jam is a I failure like it's, a movie, it's a bad movie abby
0: it's a bad it's one of those
1: movies where like the millennials the younger millennials loved it and
0: like older millennials like look, myself are like it's because it's, it's memed so garbage. garbage.
2: look it's we're in a
0: culture where memes have churned things that are bad it's into classics because fine. people are like look at the memes the it's star wars prequels are a perfect food. example of this
2: no the prequels hold on no the prequels are camp that's different like the prequels are <laughs> we've goofy. turned them
0: into camp classics but they were always bad
2: okay but there are plenty of examples of movies that became campy like of, of you think you think that Tommy Wiseau sat down and made the worst movie of all time on purpose no <laughs> My mark. Like, that, like part of it is that someone was trying to make art and then just missed the bullseye and hit the barn behind it and somehow the barn lit on fire. Like, that's how you make the cult classic. But I think Space Jam is just... Everyone watched it when they were kids. They watched it when they were sick. They watched it. It was just a thing that was on. And I think some of that warmth carries forward. But if you want, like...
0: I watched Space Jam um, when it came out, and I enjoyed it back in 1996 or whatever. Jordan and Bugs Bunny all coming together. Everybody was wearing their Looney Tunes crap, but I'm not going to claim it's a good movie. Okay. Yeah. But seriously.
2: It, it, it's it's fine. It it, it serves <laughs> a purpose. Actual Looney Tunes, though, still godlike, by the way. Oh,
0: yeah. You oh, want yeah. to
2: watch some Roadrunner and, and Wile E. Coyote cartoons after this. Oh, my God.
0: Not Hollow wants to know. Given Pixel Remasters, Steam Deck, Analog Pocket, etc. any updates to Nadia's original the best way to play each Final Fantasy article? Um I I would say don't play the Pixel Remasters yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, They're not it, great. Depends
1: the, it depends on the game. Um I didn't have I didn't notice any stuttering when I played them on like iPad or whatever I was playing on. Uh, but Maybe
0: the NES version, maybe Final Fantasy one through three? It's the best way uh maybe no, those are the best Final way Fantasy no?
1: one is such a it's such a buggy mess i would not play it on the original nes at all or recommend no, same the same oh, pixel
0: remaster you play oh pixel remaster sorry yeah uh yeah one two you shouldn't three. play three because yeah. three is bad it's a bad game <laughs> no, i had
1: never liked it so i can't say one way or the other but one two three sure pixel remaster four still the best on the psp with the complete collection, and I'm still I mad. Agree. The pixel remaster takes out all that bonus content that was in the GBA version. Same with six,
0: yeah, they lose a lot six? of bonus content, which is a bummer. Six's
1: bonus content wasn't good; it wasn't bad, but it's still disappointing that you lose it. But six is good. I think it would be great on the Switch because it has the improved script that you get on the gate on the Game Boy Advance version. Plus, you get the restored music because the GBA version of the Final Fantasy VI music they tried god bless but it's still kind of a travesty
0: so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of weird touches about the six pixel remaster though like when they're marching across the field and they don't have any credits
1: yeah that's uh, i don't know what happened there that's kind of odd i wonder why they cut that out i think the best version of five might be the gba version yeah but that's so expensive these days you're not going to find it for anything less than like yeah it's a very 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 any the gba advanced games are they're they're expensive I have four, five, and six. No,
0: someone took six from a, me. I have the SNES ROM but patched onto it with the GBA script. Oh that's and cool. Maybe that's maybe that's a cool way to play Final Fantasy V. And it still looks really good on the SNES, um, in yeah. my humble opinion. So there's uh, there's there's a lot of
1: ways to play. Like the PSP remasters they did back in the day, they're all still pretty good, especially for um, switch makes everything so accessible that you and of course the the new games like 10 uh 10 12 all of that like on the 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 steam versions the switch versions yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to play the games now i would have said was had a chance
0: i think seven and eight you should play on switch um yeah they're, for sure they're really well done um for the most part um i'm sure people would disagree and be like no i'll play it on pc so you can get all these mods or something mm. like that um i think nine is best on pc at this point um because they add so much to it um and in- basically turning into kind of a remaster i think 10 probably best on what ps5 or something 10,
2: <laughs> ten i would go ps5 PC? if you can i want to say there's something weird with one of the versions that i remember i played it um, on the
1: switch and it was fine so
2: i do think 10 On the PC has a speed up option for like the battles, which is nice. They only had that in ten two. I want to say for some of the animations and stuff, but um, yeah, play ten and ten two on PlayStation or PC. I'd say you'll probably be fine there. I don't know about Switch. I haven't really tried the. I uh, played on Switch. Switch It was good on. It
0: was fine on the Switch. Um, It was
2: good. We need to do a ten two coverage at some point.
0: Oh, we will. We I'm sure we'll do a pantheon of it. I I've been trying to keep the my. Powder dry a bit with Final Fantasy Pantheons because they're such an oh, easy yeah. slam yeah. dunk, but I don't mm-hmm. want to overload mm-hmm. with the content. Ten two would be fun. Um, I think four would be fun. I think five oh, would be fun. Four would be
1: great. Four would be good. everyone's <clears> time. We four. do a
0: four because we put four in the top twenty five, and I stand yeah. by that opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Final
2: 12. Fantasy
0: twelve, uh, the twelve remaster ended up being excellent. Yeah, um, yeah. A rare example yeah, of a great Square Enix remaster, and. Like, yeah, play it on the best console you can, honestly. Yeah, I was playing it on Steam
2: Deck and it runs real good on there. Um, 13 Xbox. I've heard that the the Series X boosts of that are real good. 13?
0: Yeah. Well, You're yeah, but I'm, I'm
2: saying like if you just want it easily accessible because PC, I think you have to do some stuff to it to make you it can just
0: get it. OK, yeah, you can get 10, 13 on the uh, I think Game Pass even. So,
2: I yeah, I want to say it was on Game Pass, but I think 13, the 13 series has some sort of like series X boost stuff going on that people have been saying is real, real good. 14 obviously played on PC. Don't play it on, on console no,
1: dude, console. The devil's no, on your shoulder. Drunk. Listen you, you to the devil. A,
0: on you your need shoulder. a keyboard. You need a you keyboard. Play no, a keyboard. No, <laughs> no, Don't play Final Fantasy fifteen on anything. <laughs> 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 Super Moop, uh mentioned that Final Fantasy thirteen would make a, a fun pantheon episode. That would be an
2: interesting pantheon. It would. Be. I think I'd... it would
0: be fun. I, it would be one of those Chrono Cross type ones. Exactly. Where we would bring in somebody who really loved thirteen, like uh, Jada uh, Jada from um, from IGN big Final Fantasy 13 stance. So we get her on here and just be like, okay, Jada, let's hear it. Let's hear hear it. You have the stage.
2: Yeah. Ken's also a 13 defender. I don't get it.
0: Square just uh, published. It's, Hey, it's the anniversary of the Japanese release of uh, Final Fantasy 13. What's your favorite memory? And I was like, Oh, this is going to be interesting. And a lot of the comments were very, uh, very positive. Yeah, of course. Well,
2: I think 13-1 is honestly like it's got some good stuff. I think the battle system is incredible. I think the music's incredible. I think the style's great. I just don't I didn't like the story very much. And and I think the hallway simulator stuff is maybe not the actual problem. It's just not a well-paced game. It's not a like designed in an in interesting way game. It wants to just shuffle you between cutscenes, and that becomes very apparent in the way it's structured. Also, um, the
0: story is bad. Yeah, the story is bad. the world is just a series of copy and paste concept art that they seem to be making when they had nothing else to do. There's still a lot of problems with this game, Yeah, but we should talk about it on the Pantheon episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Criminal Justice wants to know, should video game characters kiss? Thanks, Eric, for throwing that one in. This is about five Yes,
2: next question.
0: <laughs> yes. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs>
1: Intelligent Systems certainly thinks so. Harvest Dell, like I said, I'm surprised how much like options you have for character uh, your, to choose but a But they delay life it until you beat the game. That's yeah, cruel. <laughs> that is cruel. That is mean.
0: Zubatman wants to know, what game do you wish you had gotten to in 2022 if you had more time? Oh, there's a no, huge so list, a big list. Yeah, uh, Citizen Sleepers on there. Yeah, me too. I that's the big uh, one. I regret given not that, that like everybody hours, the way everybody's talked about weekend. it. Yeah. I'm gonna play Immortality over the holidays.
2: Yeah, yeah. I need to play mm-hmm. uh,
0: Pentiment. Is one I'm sorry Pentimate I missed. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'd like to finish Xenoblade Chronicles three. Mm. Um, yeah, do it, man. I, do it, do I it. kind of stalled out in chapter four, but it's not because I don't like the game. Like I just. Um, felt like a commitment to keep playing because uh, that's the kind of game that needs all of my attention and if it if a game needs all of my attention then I need to like block out some time to like sit down in front of my TV for like an hour and like actually play as opposed to multitasking so like other things keep getting in the way but yeah I would love to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Eric you play literally everything but is there any game that you missed?
2: <laughs> uh, Kirby is a big one Yeah, uh, I really want to well, go play Kirby. Kirby is so good yeah. and yeah. it's so it's, short.
0: Of my f- it's so short Like one of my favorites. So I think it's one of my favorite Switch games. It might be my favorite Switch game of twenty. It's one of
1: my favorites for twenty twenty two for sure.
2: Um, Oh, it's so
0: wonderful. Oh, it's so wonderful.
2: There's some little stuff I want to hit. I've talked in the the Discord before about I'd like to go and catch up on certain series. So like Atelier is one that I feel like I don't know anything about and I'd like to learn a little bit more about. Uh, Ease is on that list too of games I would like to to. Finally, playing entry of yeah, just so weird I got blind it.
0: spots. It's so funny when you're like, "No, yeah. I've never actually played this." And you're like, "What? You played everything else?" Jeez.
2: Yeah. No. Well, I play a lot of things, but he likes my, the weird
1: my, indie games most.
2: Yeah, I go like I I have like interest holes, all right, and I go f- deep down the hole because is my hole. It was made for me, but uh, my my problem is like I kind of get blind spots to some of the wider stuff, and this year I was better about it, although like. I didn't finish God of War Ragnarok, and I'm probably not going to finish God of War Ragnarok because I don't think God of War Ragnarok is very good. Um, This is my hot take for the year. (laughs) That's not that
0: much of a hot take. No, I just didn't like the yak section. Is that the whole game?
2: No, it's just every I as I was playing it, I just kept getting tired of like, oh, okay. it's. Here's the part where we gotta hit the switch with the Leviathan axe and then tug the thing with this and oh we introduce this thing it's glyphs you hit the glyphs and they carry the element over except they give you the worst possible way of using that in the environment where it's just like you're guessing the whole time and it's not very functional. I, there's there's a lot of problems I have with that game that I think people go like oh good story and just look over but um it's, and, and I, even then I think it takes too long to get to the story. I, think it's I just really want more Richard well- Schiff
0: it's just really well made this yeah like, it's just yeah. really well it's it's every, every time you like start to drag yeah. you're like well this boss battle's lit and he knows how to get good review scores because the opening and the closing are awesome
2: yeah yeah it's I just, just the middle
0: section and then you forget about the middle section which is kind of
2: the middle section so long it's a th- we don't need to talk a long time about god of war i just that's an example of like I would rather spend my time on like Chained Echoes and Midnight Suns right now because those are the two games that are kind of like worrying in my brain right K- now. Hammer Forty K
0: chaos thingy, Demon, Demon Hunter.
2: Hunters. Yeah, yeah. I need to I need to get around to that too. Um. So yeah, when I look at this year, that's mostly the stuff that passed me by, and I think Kirby is probably top of list for me to get around to because it seems like a lot of people were Played really happy over with that the one.
0: holidays. Yeah, it's a holiday game. I wanted to play more Tunic. That game rules. Actually, I love this. The art, I was really enjoying when I was playing of it. But um, as usual, I kind of like got distracted by other things. Like, Hyper-Light Yeah, same Ultra. with me. Mm-hmm. And it's on, my, it's on my Xbox, which makes it that much harder for me to get to. It feels like hmm, yeah. if it's not on Switch or Steam Deck, it's way too easy for a game to fall between the cracks for me. It is
1: on Switch, but I don't know how it runs on Switch.
0: It doesn't run that great. Probably so That's why I kind of avoided it. You, I think it's a game you want to play in 60 FPS. Mm, for sure. Wall wants to know, I want to know, what is your adequate of the Blood God pick, or A-O- A-G-T-O-Y? I pick a solid 6.5 out of 7.5 game that is your adequate game of the year. Flawed, but a game that you still think about. Uh, Valkyrie Elysium? D.O. Field. Valkyrie yeah. Elysium was such a okay game. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't good. It's just kind of there. But I think about it because it's the Valkyrie profile thing I've been wanting for years. Then I got it. I was like, yep, this, this is certainly a, a thing in the series that I love. So I uh for me it's it's Harvest Stella, which I've talked about
1: at length already. Mm-hmm. But well
0: yeah, that is such a that is the meh of the year in <laughs> It's not know. even in, meh
1: though. That's the thing. It's a, it's an interesting meh. Didn't we talk about this last week? Talking about
0: interesting seven point
1: fives versus dull seven point fives. Definitely <laughs> an interesting one. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet.
0: RPGs. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is a six point five slash seven point five. Oh, it's game.
2: it's like a six for me. I mean, I gave it a six, but it's yeah, it's there for sure. Stranger um, in
0: Paradise is just chaos. You can't call that. So okay. adequate.
2: Stranger in Paradise is another one I want to go back to eventually. Like yeah. that game had ideas. It had thoughts. I just
1: like Jack. Like there's Kraken's. Like oh, I'm Kraken. Blah blah blah. And he just tells him to f off and tries to punch him, and he fails. And Kraken's just not missing meat. Blah. I'm still the Kraken of the sea. It was uh, so weird. I love it.
2: Stranger of Paradise had the same problem that I have with God of War Ragnarok, which is why did you put all these RPG systems in this game? It did not need them. You don't. It, it, I think maybe I, I like that games do the optimize button these days, but I think yeah, maybe some more. People need to look at that and say, like, if we're putting a button in here to make it easy to just wipe away and and be like, give me the good things, then maybe the RPG system is not interesting enough on its own merit. And and you need to consider whether that's something, but it. It it gives the veneer of like oh there's there's a lot going on here there's systems that you can play with and 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 things like that but I, I found especially in Stranger Paradise and in God of War Ragnarok I was just like whatever like it isn't making a big difference for me just give me the best numbers and let's move on with our lives so I can get back to the good combat like mm, yeah
0: uh, a game can have ideas but if it doesn't execute upon those ideas it's kind of whatever yeah uh, execution it's what matters. It's what turns good ideas, or it turns interesting ideas into something that actually makes the game good. Um, VV Complex wants to know, has playing D&D changed how you think about RPGs? Yeah. Yes, actually. It certainly changed the way that I viewed, and this is not an RPG, but certainly changed the way I viewed Avatar, The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I think that to understand RPGs, you have to understand D&D. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because so much of the early part of the RPG canon spraying directly out of D D and then subsequently JRPGs copied that and it just kept spreading out, right? Even down to the fact that like freaking colored loot is in every single game ever now. That is such a D and D thing. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 there <clears throat> So yeah, absolutely. It has like influenced the way that I think about um, role playing games. Uh, did we ever do an episode about like D and D and its impact on RPGs? I feel like I think you did I a long think time we ago. Are,
2: I think we are planning to do one next year. One might say that would line up very well with Baldur's Gate three <laughs> and it being launched. So
0: uh, that's true. for me. Um, okay, good. Um, that would be a good game developer quest. Who's to yeah. say? Who's yeah.
2: <laughs> uh. I know this year, like starting with Sizz and Sleeper and then going into our D&D special, I ended up thinking a lot about how tabletop systems operate. And this was even coming off of Disco Elysium, which was a game that also kind of got me thinking about how uh, we take tabletop role playing and bring it into the virtual realm and vice versa. I think a lot of RPGs have been finding success in taking Tabletop concepts like Disco Elysium is very tabletop. When you think about it, it's very communicative and about the dialogues back and forth and then a quick die roll. and um, Sleeper is basically based off of Blades in the Dark. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 shows you die rolls and and stuff. And it's it's made me think a lot about the systems that we use to create role playing, because even if you are playing <clears throat> cat got me now um even if you are playing a single player rpg you're still essentially playing an rpg like dnd and the dm is just the computer and so yeah. what is the conversation that you're having back and forth to create those situations and i've spent this whole year like just kind of looking at that with every rpg i've played and it has just fundamentally like given me a greater appreciation for when a system is good and gives you good dialogue back and forth
0: what i hope and somebody asked uh, in another question, we don't have it on this mailbag. They said, what is the future of RPGs? Mm-hmm. And to me, maybe the future of RPG is having a an AI that is effectively serving as the DM and is a procedural kind of AI that is able mm. to basically keep spinning the game in different directions and creating new assets basically on the fly uh, to accommodate whatever decisions that you're making, it would be pretty, that would be a really phenomenal and fascinating way to go about games. I don't think we'll see that in like for another 10 years or so, but uh, what we've seen from uh, machine learning and whatnot in recent years, it's been really fascinating. Actually.
2: We've we've had things like radiant quests from, from Skyrim and all that. And like the idea of.
0: They're so simple. Generated
2: tasks. But yeah, I, 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 I pull up on the stick a little bit there because I'm like that starts to veer into the era of, of like, you know, things that we've been talking about very recently in in current trends and all that of AI created art and things like that. And I don't necessarily want RPGs to go that way. I do like the human touch but in all of it.
0: AI AI created art can work if you have it learning from all of the art that the humans have created in the game and use that as a baseline to create new assets and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I just I then get worried that someone at the top is going to go like, well, why do we have artists in the first place? We can just get rid of this automation, baby. Let's go.
0: It has to learn from something.
2: It can um, learn from from deviant art stuff. as yeah, then, we yeah can then learn then from theft.
0: <laughs> but then it becomes a trademark issue, exactly because, right. or yeah. stealing from creators I, I because it has making, to be based on something.
2: I am making a slippery slope argument. I I acknowledge that, but like uh, it is that is the reason why like I I do think that alongside all the potential for Progen, I think that's why the tabletop stuff has captured me so much is because they they do like they have that touch to them. They've been made by a creator. They have been made by a person. It feels very personal. I think I remember talking to the developer of and sleeper and they were very emphatic that like they wanted it to not just be uh you get dialogue, but it feels like there is a dialogue between you and the creator. Even if the creator is not present and DMing for you in that moment, they are giving you something that feels tailored to what you are doing and kind of, like a back and forth and i don't want to lose that element so Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um yeah yeah all
0: right last question from matt danger 87 2023 is shaping up to be one of the bigger years in recent memory what are you most looking forward to in the coming year both in the realm of rpgs and in the industry as a whole i can name two things one is starfield Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. the the cat game and I'm just going to disappear. There are a number of games that I'm really excited about for next year. Um, I'm really excited about Hades 2. I'm really excited yep, about Jedi well. Survivor. Really excited about Final Fantasy sixteen, actually. Um, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out. And every, I, I feel like the PS5 and the Xbox are really hitting our stride. The yeah, other finally. thing I'm really excited about is the first round of Unreal Engine 5 games. Mm. Yeah. Starting yeah. to come out. Because to me, that's when the new generation is truly going to get started. Yeah. Yeah, I've been saying
2: I've
0: been saying <laughs> no. for a hot second that the pandemic screwed things up more than anybody like realizes mm-hmm. and we are just now I think coming out of it. And that's why so many games have felt half baked. Look at Pokemon. I'm convinced that game is such a such a victim of the pandemic. I think in you're terms right. of like they wanted to do a lot of stuff and the pandemic just screwed everything up. And because it was being developed right in the teeth of the pandemic Yeah. ultimately. But we are maybe now finally starting to come out of it a little bit. That's why we're seeing so many games coming out in 2023. And with Unreal Engine 5, we're finally going to get away from that. Well, it it looks like a last-gen game, but it's running really well, as it were. (laughs) Uh, Ray tracing will become much more of a thing. Um, You're just going to see games that just look phenomenally better than uh, they have in the past. And also, we're going to finally start getting away from uh, blockbuster games that are being developed for the PS4 in tandem with the PS5, and that will make a big difference as well. So, <laughs> those are two things that I'm really looking forward to in the new year. I am looking forward to Zelda, mm. and looking forward to Zelda. Zelda,
1: oh my God,
0: Zelda! Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's gonna be
1: year. Hades two. I'm looking forward to uh, whatever the next expansion is for FF14 will be coming. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, FF16, of course, I'm looking forward to. Oh, Gosh, it just goes on and on. Like, there's a huge. I'm sure when I get off here, I'll like be like, oh, and and this and this and this. Like, there's just we're all dead. Like, you understand we are going to have a problem, especially oh. you guys. I don't have to review any of this stuff. Yeah. I don't
2: review
0: games anymore. <laughs> I don't blame no, you. That's
2: that's just me. I'm I'm the sicko. R.I.P. Um, F'n Baldur's chat. Gate. 3 uh, 3 Aiden is Chronicles
0: like... coming out. In Aiden in Chronicles. Yeah. Aiden
2: Chronicles is big. Baldur's Gate three. We'll finally have big. the romance scenes. No more judgmental mind flayer. in remasters. Uh, <laughs> sea, of <laughs> stars. Jesus uh, Christ. sea of stars. Sea is a big of stars one. is
0: going to be big. This is all stepping on the actual like 2023 preview episode. But yeah. suffice it to say, it's um, going to be a it's going to be a big year for sure.
2: I For something that's not part of like the RPG look ahead. I'm excited for the return of E3. I don't know how we Me feel too. about that here.
0: Me too. But like. I,
2: i want to see been, what it is. it's left
0: a big hole yeah the lack my of e three has left a big hole and everybody you can see the excitement like everybody is gearing up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that to me like when we hit e3 that to me is going to be like we're back baby it's been like three years but the, we're fully back and we're ready to go and it's going to be apps please god ign is poisoning my brain it's going to be freaking hype it's going to be absolutely lit. Oh, going to take behind the barn and put a it's bullet in
1: your
2: brain. 420 blaze it. It's cracked. It's cracked. <laughs> oh, gracious <laughs> me.
0: The <laughs> Xbox is finally going to have stuff to go along with. It's like excellent sales.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just like, you know, part of me is very selfish that like, I just want to see people that I haven't seen in like three years at this point. Um, it's been yeah. a long time. Uh, It's weird that the last E3 I went to was with a U.S. gamer (laughs) and and I'll I'll potentially be going with another site. Um, And but also, I, I don't know, there's something I think the Game Awards always reminds me of it, that there's just this goofiness to the things that happen. But like ridiculous stage shows that emphasize this like connectedness of the industry and like are we connected because we're all dunking on the same thing at the same time yeah but that's all e3 is and it's a good time every year we're all just laughing at like oh it's here comes ubisoft with another just dance segment and yeah here's keanu reeves stepping out on stage Do you remember to the announce reveal for death, yeah. death
1: stranding what the hell was that nobody knew what was going on it was just
2: yeah <laughs> and like i moments.
1: And we did I it again with Death moments. Stranding 2. We sure did. Yeah.
2: I would love to do a Blood God talk over of a, an E3 segment at some point. If we could ever, ever I would find would time to that as works well. out. Yeah, yeah same. Uh,
0: my, my life it <gasps> belongs to IGN during yeah. the actual, the, enti- the actuality of E3. I think yeah. was, we're basically be all there when yeah. it's all happening. All hands so. on deck for sure. All hands on <laughs> deck. So, but yeah, no, 2023... I'm really looking uh, forward to it. I, I feel like we will finally be all the way back next year. It's going to be and, great. Uh,
1: and then some other virus comes from outer space. Mm-hmm. and
0: it was Genova's here. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a meteor? <laughs> all right, Nadia, take us home.
1: Uh, so it's Christmas, if you hadn't noticed, and I'm going to talk about the crunkest Christmas party I ever went to, where, uh, I almost got alcohol poisoning, and this was a a company thing, um, this was when I was a a janitor, and I worked with a lot of really old Italian guys, and they were, took a lot of pride in how they cooked and everything, because of course they didn't, their food was freaking amazing, so we didn't really have a, uh, a fancy Christmas party, we just had a, um, you know, the the Italian guys would bring in their food and we'd eat the food and, you know, just kind of goof around. Now, one year, it was actually probably the first year I I worked there, they brought their wine. And here's the thing. I am pretty good at holding my liquor. Like, if I'm careful, if I, like, you know, just pay attention to what I'm doing. But nobody told me that homemade wine is really, (laughs) really, really potent. So uh, this was before my shift during the Christmas rush, uh, I drank two cups of wine because the guys were all like, hey, Nadia, try my wine. Hey, Nadia, try my wine. And I got so messed up. I've never been this messed up in my life. And everyone was messed up because everyone drank the wine. And we all went out on our ships, drunk as hell. And when I say drunk, I mean, drunk, like, someone some customer dropped a, a bottle of apple juice or whatever. You're supposed to kind of get on that, clean it up because there's glass and juice everywhere. So I would just remember standing and staring at this mess. And then some other guy who I work with who's also drunk came by and he's standing and staring at this glittering mess of apple juice and, and glass as well. And we're just like, what are we supposed to do? I don't remember. Where am I? Like what is going on? And um at the end of the day, the 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 clerk who ran the pretzel booth came out with like leftover pretzels and said, Hey, uh, you want these, these pretzels? And I thought she was threatening me. Like I was just gone. So, so gone. And that was the last, <laughs> that was the last Christmas party where they let us bring wine. We had no alcohol from then on <laughs> just the schnitzel, not schnitzel, the veal. <laughs> just the veal that the Italian guys brought. But yeah. Uh, so when you are encountered with homemade wine, please be careful. Uh, as Cal L says in the chat, don't drink the toilet wine. I don't think it was toilet wine, but it was uh, it was deadly nonetheless. Like,
0: let us add let us add toilet wine to the pantheon of pits.
1: It wasn't toilet wine. It was just made in a it bucket. It wasn't I think. toilet wine. It was just made in a bucket. <laughs> it was good. It just, dear God, potency, potency.
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode of Acts of the Blood God. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as we already said. We've got a lot more where that came from over the next week uh, for our Stars of Destiny, where we will be recording all of our end of the year content, whereupon it will be released uh, in the coming weeks as we head into 2023. It's the end of another great year here on Acts of the Blood God and in the world of RPGs in general. I've been your host, Kat Bailey. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore capot, Nadia is at Nadia Oxford. And Eric is at CMousey. S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod, where you can find us with lots of bonus content, including our Autumn of the Avatar wrap-ups, Charlie and dropouts, the Pantheon episodes. There's so much out there. We'll be back next week, as always, to talk about the genre that we love. But until then, for Nadia, Eric myself, thanks for listening. Happy Adventuring.